Hello and welcome back to Leave a Little Sparkle. This is Julie Walker and I have a special guest with me today, Miss Wilson from JSA. Hi, Miss Wilson. How Hi, are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's Friday it for me. Is. So, yeah, it's woo. exciting. Um, so, this week's episode is about for the love of learning. Miss um, Wilson and I have shared some really awesome conversations and we've had some great collaborations and so I thought she would be fantastic for this episode for the love of learning because I think we share a common interest in learning and how to have kids love learning yes so tell me and our viewers just a little bit about yourself and maybe your educational journey so I have been in education for about 28 years um but I taught everything K through five. Wow. I would get so upset because my principal every year would come in and say, you're going to this grade, you're going to this <laughs> grade. And I was never in the same grade. Really? Um, finally, they put me in first grade. And I was like, no, I cannot do that. <laughs> and um, I will say it became my favorite first grade because I had the best team ever. We collaborated. Mm. I didn't feel isolated. And I still use the things that I learned from those teachers. It was wonderful. Oh, I love I love when teams mesh right? and we just when you can like the the cool hip thing to say now is vibe off each right. other. So when when you guys just vibe and you can come up with all sorts of great ideas, I love that. That's so nice. Everybody and that was back before they required PLCs, we chose to meet together oh, wow. during the yeah. day and we would all bring all of our things in. Back then it wasn't digital, <laughs> yeah. but we would all bring our things in and we would talk and share and just have the best time. And I think um, I learned a lot from them. Um, and then I moved on to um, doing um, dropout. I did dropout prevention um, for fourth and fifth grade, which was great. Um, and then, and I learned a lot about. Um, how to uh, work with um, students who may have um, problems with engagement or you know lots of things going on at home that really need you so it it was a good experience then I moved on to um, gifted and and did some um, some cool activities with that when started clubs and things at one of my schools and then moved on, and I was really coaching um, the gifted teachers because they didn't all have their endorsements, so okay. I was helping them with how to um, work with the gifted students. Then I went on to, for the next five years, I was at a turnaround school, and we worked, I was a coach there. There, we, there were seven, eight of us that were coaches there, and uh, we really worked hard to um, turn the school around. So, And it was the best because we had seven eight coaches in one classroom. Wow. We had eight teacher's desks in one room. <laughs> wow. It was the best collaboration ever. I we had can a imagine. couch in there. We had tissues for the teachers. We had, <laughs> you know, it was great. Well, so. I mean, anytime you have a couch in a room. That, right? I mean. It draws people, right? We always had food, Kleenex, yeah. and drinks. So That's awesome. <laughs> can you tell me more about the dropout prevention? I don't think I've ever heard of that before. So back then it was called STAR, um, and basically it's it's um, students who, um, like their grades are, are not up to par, mm. they um, their attendance was not good. Um, the, the ones that are on the, the list of um, fear of dropping out. Okay, and they and did it that early, fourth and fifth did, grade. We did, and wow. you know, it really... I really felt that year, even though it was a very, very hard year, 
um, my tires were slashed mm-hmm. and I, it was, oh it wow was, it was a teachers can a tell some stories yes now. right but <laughs> um, I, I connected with the Orlando Magic and um, they because my kids really were into you know uh, basketball at the mm-hmm. time and um, they gave me all kinds of prizes and seats for the Orlando Magic we decorated wow. the whole room that way and um, I grew as a, as a teacher that year Awesome. I, you know, I find that my hardest years tend to be the ones that I have learned a lot. And as you know, as long as I can make it through the year, I'm like, if I made it through that year, I can make it through anything. And it really, it challenges you to figure out different ways to do things. Um, cause we kind of get stuck in our box and I like that. I like being challenged to do, do things too. a little bit differently. I, I do too. Yes. Awesome. Even though at the time you think, Oh no, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've been there. All right. So, okay. I mentioned earlier, um, we've bonded about our collaboration. So, um, why is it that you think the collaborating with teachers and collaborating in general uh, in education is so important? Well, if you think about planning a party, planning a party all by yourself, Mm -hmm. um, trying to come up with the ideas, it just, it just doesn't make a great party. So when we put some minds together and we really can get on, you know, like I said, when when that team brought, everybody brought their things and we all talked and shared, it becomes fun. I mean, the planning really is fun. And you're getting new ideas, you're learning. And, you know, in education, when you're done learning, you're done teaching. Because, you know, we always have to continuously be pushing ourselves. So um, I... I say I am the teacher I am today because of every teacher that touched me over my 28 years, including the, the teachers that I coach, maybe those the most. Um, I can remember my beginning teacher all the way through every team that I was on, you know, really, um, and now being here and, and oh. us collaborating. Yeah. I'm like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. Yeah, you know, um, so I'll share a little bit, and then I have some follow-ups to what you said but um last year and the year before I principaled at a private school and I was the only one with really an education background in that school and I had very little collaboration and I I would call my teacher friends and be like do you want to just like get together for dinner? (laughs) And then when we'd get together for dinner I'd be like so what do you think about and I would just kind of throw it in because I missed the collaboration, I've missed being able to like put our heads together and come up with something amazing, which brings me to what a great analogy, party planning, because we basically are party planning for every week. Every week we're coming up with all of the different parts. And if you were to party plan by yourself weekend, like, you know, weekend, week out, that by yourself is a lot. It is. And I don't, I, it's definitely not fair to your brain to do something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, people talk, let's talk about the infamous summers. We get summers off, but do we really? Because that's when we do a lot of our planning and getting things ready. Um, And I think the collaboration, if it continues on even through the summer, you got your good teacher friends, you could call them and come up with really good ideas. I worked at Caldwell a few years back, um, which is another school here in Polk County, and they actually did summer sessions where they would just get together for lunch 
and um, do like idea planning for the next school year. I love that. And the teachers that wanted to get together for lunch and just kind of throw their own ideas out got right. to do that. And it was very intimate because the principal was there, the assistant principal was Aww. there. And so like it was lunch with people that maybe you missed and it was, right. you know, once every couple of weeks, it wasn't too much, you know, mm-hmm. but it was, it was even more collaboration and it yes. was really great. I love that. I do too. And I like the, the fact too, to, to sometimes just doing it over dinner or, yeah. you know, having a snack, you know, <laughs> just, it makes it more enjoyable. Yeah. Well, you know, if you think more back, and I don't know if it, I'm the only one, but when I was doing college work, um, I would always have to have like a little snack bag of something right. with me the chewing somehow helps yes, with the process of thinking it makes you think you're not working yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know it's funny I, I really liked what you said with you know if you're done learning you're done being a teacher I actually um, had a pastor uh, man it's it's been probably 10 years since he said this but it stuck with me he said if you're done learning you're done growing you're dead mm-hmm. and it's I mean you're stagnant. You have nowhere to go. You're right. stuck there. So I, I really like that. That's yes, great. Yes. So um, this brings me to um, a segment that I want to start doing, and it's called I Remember When. And um, so what it is is you'll I'll give you kind of a scenario, okay. and you'll have to start – the answer with I remember when all right so it could be a memory of yours or you know just bringing it up so my first year I remember when (laughs) I would play hangman to as my spelling back then spelling was really big yeah um on the board with our our spelling words and my the in I was interning with a teacher um who Everything was worksheets, and so the, oh, the kids yeah. thought it was the greatest thing to play <laughs> hangman. You know, it was a game, so yeah, um, that would probably be. I remember when I was a kid, the, the teachers call them the worksheets dittos. Yes, the blue stuff that would get all over <laughs> yeah. your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, that was the first one. The next one is my best year. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> I remember when I had a student, I was given a student who had been moved from classroom to classroom. When he would get out of the car, he would be grabbing the the seats and it would take three or four people to get the child out of the car mm. and then to get him into the classroom. It, it, it was awful. And um, they, they put him in my room. And I had just finished my gifted endorsement, and nobody would have ever thought that that child was gifted, but he was. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had a lot of tools, you know, in my toolbox. And that child went from Fs and not wanting to come to come to school that year to As, even though he still was um, had an incident with arson and some other things, but, oh my. <laughs> um, but it really was my, it, it was my best year because I really felt like I'm, uh, you know, and we always feel like we make a difference, but that year I really saw, you know, the change in, in a student because of some of the things that I had learned how to do. It's always great when you get something new that yes. you can pull out. Yes. And I, that's another reason why collaboration is so good because yes. you end up coming back with something new mm-hmm. and, I think too, and uh, the, the refresher of like, oh yeah, that that could be used like forgetting that you have to those tools. Yes. Yeah, 
I know there's been sometimes I've sent I've been sent to professional developments at like other schools and things and somebody will say something I'll be like oh yeah I could do that and then I'll bring it back to class and it goes over great you know and I remember oh, that was a great way to do it yes. <laughs> so okay so that's I remember when awesome so another question I wanted to kind of get because I I don't think people quite understand just how excited and maybe maybe we're dorks you know it is what it is <laughs> Um, education brings out the nerdiness, I guess, but what does love of learning mean to you? So number one, it, it means a growth mindset. You know, it's not that fixed mindset of I know it all and I'm not going to, um, I don't need anything else. I've been doing it for 10, 15 years. I don't need anything else. Um, in education, I really feel like with, with my students, I was just testing um, some phonics uh, with some of my students in order to really understand, you know, the love of learning. I think we have to make sure that students know that we're we're lifelong learners. That, mm-hmm. that you know that is why we go to school. Yeah. And that key why we go to school really helps with our students understand why you know why we should have a love of learning because it's everything that, about our life um you know if, if we if we are don't have that love of learning we'll never learn to drive a car we'll never yeah. learn to be able to um you know um file our taxes <laughs> <laughs> I, I still can't do that <laughs> but you know that love of learning has to be and when when we have that fixed mindset it's not going to happen. Yeah, I agree with that. I, it reminds me, so I was on Twitter the other day, and I, I forgot how much I really enjoyed Twitter for education. Yes, me uh, too. I don't like it for any other reason, me but either. I love the collaboration. This is why we get along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and um, one of the things somebody posted was, would you rather have a class full of students or a class full of learners? And that got me. I was like, I would much rather, hands down, have a classroom full of learners mm-hmm. Because that tells me that they're going to be invested in what I'm teaching. I'm not going to be pulling my hair out trying to get the kids to be engaged in what we're doing. And a lot of times the kids just think, you know, okay, I have to go to school. And I'm going to go to school till I don't have to anymore. Um, And and especially in Polk County, I know uh, dropout rates has always been something that the Polk County School Board has always been worried about. And... That's because when kids realize I don't have to go anymore, they stop going. They because they didn't become learners. Mm-hmm. They stayed students. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my kids, I would love for you to just enjoy this. Pick a book to read that you enjoy. Right. Because once you start enjoying it, then you start being a learner and not just a student. Yes. That yes. that was key to why I picked Percy Jackson for the first book for the school year. Um I loved the book. My husband, who is not a reader, was the one who picked up the book to begin ah, with. Oh, look at that. And yeah, and You're he, hooking him too. I know. <laughs> and he, well, he brought it to me and he yes. said, this book is really good. And now he, we were both adults by the time he picked up the book, but he was able to sit down and read the entire book nice. in like two or three days. Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, there's something to that book. So then when I read it, I was like, this is going to hook kids. Right. And it has, for the most part, it really hooked right. the kids. Right, right. And that's what, that's really what it takes is that hook. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody, I am, I love nonfiction. I am not a fiction. I'm not really. Really? I really am not. I, I love nonfiction, but that love of learning something new, I, you know, I don't want to miss out. I'm mm-hmm. constantly like, what can I learn next? Or what, what, you know, um, certificate or something can I get next? Right. Um, but that informational text is just, you know, it's something that I enjoy and mm-hmm. I, I feel like it helps me, you know, grow. So. And it's funny because when I was a child, I, I prided myself on the fact that by the time I was in eighth grade, I had read every not or every fiction story mm-hmm. in my school's library. Like I would go around telling everybody it was, it was probably April by the time I had gotten to every fiction story in the library, the librarian was buying me more Aww. books. Um, and I just loved fiction. But now as I get older, the, the older I get, the more I'm like, let me read up on the news today right. or let me read this, you know, informational yes. text. Uh-huh. I, I am like a sponge now trying to learn and see everything in the world. Mm. But as a child, it was everything right. fiction. And I would, I probably would have been devastated if my teachers have been like, no, not fiction right now. We're only doing nonfiction. Yes. And so I've tried really hard to balance and make sure I have both because you have some people that like one more than the other. You do. You do. So. And you want to try to, like me, you want to try to get, you know, people to enjoy both. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when, when I get together with my girlfriends and they start talking about certain books, like a, there's a book club and they'll they'll, um, you know, talk about it on, on Facebook. And so then I'm, oh, I, I'm going to go buy that book. <laughs> you know, even though I might not go to the, to the um, talk, I might get the book just because I've got excited now about it. Yeah. So. It's funny. I always had a dream as a child that I would one day have my own library. Aww. And in my classroom, I, I kind do. of do, right? Yes. But I've sneakily been bringing home bookshelves from Facebook Marketplace. Oh. <laughs> and... I, you know, been ordering a lot of books. There's probably more books on my shelf that I haven't read than I have read. But right. now that my son's getting older, I definitely can see this summer being more of us sitting down and being able to read some of those books. Yes. And my husband always asks me, if you read it, why do you keep it? Because it's going in my library now. Oh, yes. And yes. <laughs> so I'm hoping one day I'm going to own just this big enough house that I can have one whole room uh, just be a library. Uh. I just watched a video of, in, th- in fact, I'm, we're going to show it during Read America, but it was uh, this little girl who, who talked about her mom opened up a used bookstore Aww. and it, she just, she loved it because she could go through the, you know, through that store. So. Uh, yeah. I, I probably would have been devastated when mom sold a book though. Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> uh, so, okay. This brings us to our final part and I purposefully try to leave out some details when I send you guys questions and right. stuff because I do want authentic answers yes. and I want to make sure that we're as real as possible. Like we know that days can be tough, but also days can be beautiful. We were, we were talking about this earlier, um, that there's good and there's bad and just trying to be, you know, with it. So with that, um, I asked my colleagues for some you know, what kind of advice they would want. And the first one I thought was actually really good. Um, and now this is a first year teacher asking this. She asked for advice on classroom management that wouldn't make her seem like 
oh, what a bad teacher, or, you know, what a mean teacher, but also would connect with the kids in a way. So do you have any types of advice that could help her out? So classroom management is, is something that I always felt was my strong point. Filing, no. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. Filing and paperwork are probably my nemesis right? when it comes to teaching. Yes. 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 But classroom management was always my best. And I think part of that is because putting myself through college, I worked at a kinder care and I learned oh. how to deal with students before I had to learn how to teach the students. Yeah. And it, you know, that made a big difference, I think. But I did a lot of research. And so it takes 33 days to really have consistent, um, Consistent positive and reinforcement mm-hmm. and consistent consequences Ooh. before students will turn around. So if wow. you look at the research, 33 days. So in those 33 days, we have to constantly, constantly mm-hmm. be reinforcing that good behavior. I, and it's not just handing out a buck. It's <laughs> saying, here's your jag buck. And as the whole class is acting up, I love, and my, the only time my voice raises is when a child um, is, uh, when I'm praising someone, not mm-hmm. when someone's mis- misbehaving. They know me. Mm-hmm. And so when someone is, um, when the rest are maybe acting up, I find someone who is not. I love the way you are sitting in your chair with your feet underneath the table and you are focused. Here's your jag buck. And so constantly doing that and in the beginning it has to be a constant constant now Mm -hmm. those rebellions or the ones that are the outliers um, and it's still not sinking in there has to be consequences that are posted what our rules are and we're Mm -hmm. not going to embarrass them or point them out Mm -hmm. but we are going to make sure that we are referring back to, and so quietly we might go over and say, are, are you okay today? And show that compassion. I love restorative mm-hmm. practice. Do you know restorative practice? I, I definitely that? show the compassion, but I haven't heard yes. necessarily the restorative. Oh, restorative practice is such an amazing way to build a relationship with yeah. your students. But giving having like a little circle time and giving them time to kind of voice, and, and I know you do this because you have your kids help you collaborate mm-hmm. on your creating your um, objectives, yeah. it's kind of involving them in their learning yeah. and giving them a voice. So I think that's really uh, important. Um, and ownership of their it education. Is. Yeah. It is, yes. And, you know, when we call their name immediately now, everyone's looking at them and now they just want to crawl under the table and now, you know, the, the behavior is going to become worse. Yeah. So by being able to you know, have that body language to point up there to ask them, are you okay? And then after they're in trouble, maybe they have had a referral when they come back in. Part of restorative practices is making up and not feeling, you know, making that student feel like you don't like them now. Yeah. But you're forgiving what they did. Yeah. You're forgiving that behavior. You still love them. And now how can we move on? And really, but I making... think that's key is you still love them. Yes. Because I think a lot of times the kids tend to think that you don't love them. Or, you know, I'm, she's always yelling at me. She's always getting on to me. If you don't have a relationship with the kids first, then you're going to have no classroom have management. There, no. There's going to be nothing there for them to want right. to strive for. Right, right. because they people don't, people don't want to upset someone that they have a relationship yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. You know? 
And so, yes, it makes a big difference. And like we said, career building. So why do we come to school? Mm -hmm. Talk to them all the time. Bring in some things that they like. If they love motorcycles, well, and I'm, I'm doing a um, main idea next week. Well, you know, a main topic next week, then maybe I'm going to bring in uh, an article on motorcycles. So yeah. trying to, to do that. I've actually done some surveys before where I've asked the kids or I've given them like four or five different topics and I've asked them to vote on what it is that we're going to do nice. for the next week to kind of bring in that ownership. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, I, this is where I have a hard time <laughs> because I have good classroom management, but I get tired mm -hmm. because consistency is key, mm -hmm. but there's always going to be that one <laughs> that wants to push it. And, you know, I just, I get tired. So I get to the point where I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> and then, and then I do lose my cool. But I think, I think you did hit on it, though, is it comes back to restoring the relationship and making sure that that kid knows that you love them. And, and more often than not, when I have a kid that gets in trouble, that coming back and us talking about it afterwards mm -hmm. changes the behavior. Me yelling at them didn't change the behavior. Me giving them consequences didn't change the behavior. It was the conversation afterwards that was just me and them when I say to them, yeah. I love you mm -hmm. and I want to do what's best for you and your education and I want to help you. Mm -hmm. That is what changes things. Absolutely. And you see their face, their whole face just changes, mm -hmm. you know. Even when you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because mm -hmm. that's what I ask every student. That's my yeah. first question. In fact, on my phonics surveys that I was doing today, I've written all over, you know, I know what every child in second grade wants to be when they grow up here at our school mm -hmm. but I think that's how you know as soon as you ask that question they have this you know big smile on their face that's how we're going to have the best classroom management is yeah. building those relationships staying consistent yeah consistency um, consistency key. is huge yeah and no, them knowing those those consequences and also that relationship with their parents yeah. we need to call on a positive note yes always start positive uh, yes yeah. before we ever call about anything else um, and let them know, you know, say something very positive. I, I think mm -hmm. your child would make an excellent engineer. They, they, you know, they really think out of the box. Um, and so I think really building relationships is and huge. I'm laughing right now. And you're like, why is she laughing? Because I've had a conversation <laughs> with some other teachers where um, we were trying to do their conference, a conference sheet for a student. And recently we had had some issues with the student. And so we we're trying to think up positive things and, well, they don't talk. They don't ever answer. And so, you know, we're going around trying to figure out how to spin it in a positive way. But it's so true. If you don't start positive, even when you, like, do those conferences with parents, if you don't start positive, you've lost the parent. You've lost the kid. You've, it's, you've just lost it. And, and so at the end of the day, I think teaching really comes down to relationship building. It does. It does. And having to really kind of be a people person, which mm – -hmm. Miss <laughs> Wilson, for me, sometimes I'm just like, I want to go crawl in my bed know, and just I be know, done. I know, I know. But yeah, definitely, it's right, it's relationship right. it building. Is, it is. And you know, I think you have to have fun. If you're not having fun, then you probably don't need to be in teaching because it should be where you're enjoying it and they're enjoying it. Yeah. So as many project-based learning, you know, which is hard when you're, when you're try really trying to focus on your benchmark, but... A lot of hands-on project-based mm -hmm. learning type activities where, you know, okay, even if it's just, 
okay, next week is going to be restaurant week. And, you know, the things that we read is that, you know, anything, you know, any type of theme. Yes. I love teaching in thematic units. Mm-hmm. Love it. Right. Um, we, that was part of our Percy Jackson journey this year. And I think Percy Jackson was right before you had gotten to us. Um, but, you know, we were we were in the throes of fiction, right? And the school board threw a nonfiction standard in there. And I went, oh, no, what am I going to do? <laughs> We've been on this Greek mythology. Like, how? what am I going to do? So then I realized, find a companion reader that's also Greek mythology. And so everything, like our vocabulary was Greek mythology. The uh, readers were Greek mythology. They were, you know, they were nonfiction. And they, it was, but the kids, they just were enveloped in this. And everything they did and thought of was Greek mythology. And they loved it. And Technically, that's not any of our social studies standards, right? right, But it got them thinking about historical things and things that happened back then, and it got them enjoying learning. So, it served its purpose. (laughs) There's one book called The Wild Card that I don't know if you, if anybody has heard, um, get your get your teach on, but Mm. um, it's a a show and it's excellent. But anyway, the the Things that they talk about in, in that book are, uh-huh. are amazing. That you know, transforming your room, yes. you know, to get that engagement. So. Yeah, I I really do. This is where I would say the caveat is: there's only so much money to be able to do stuff yes, like that. I I agree. And Lots I, of constraints. <laughs> yes, and I you know I think that's where if your end game is I'm going to be a teacher and I'm going to retire from it. Every year you pick one big project. Right. You gather all the things you need for it, and then the following year, now you have two. Yes. You know, so you just kind of build that arsenal up, just like we build our tool belt up. Yes, I agree. I really appreciate you being with me today, Aww. and I appreciate you guys listening. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. So if you want to catch us again, uh, Leave a Little Sparkle is on every Wednesday at 8 in the morning. You can find us on Spotify. We're coming to Apple soon, hopefully. You can also check out uh, leavealittlesparkle.info, and every social media now. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, um, LinkedIn, wow. everywhere. I've I've put it out there. Good for so. you. I can't wait to listen. <laughs> Not to this one, but <laughs> I don't I, like to hear myself. I, all the kids are like, Miss Walker, we want to listen to your podcast, and I'm like, Not today. <laughs> I'll send your parents the link, but I'm not listening to me. So thank you guys for listening and thank you for being with me. Okay. Bye-bye.